I need you to do what I want. And therefore, I'm going to scare you a little bit so that you will by helping you understand the consequences that are present for you if you don't. So it's a compliance tool. We have to ask ourselves the question as leaders, do we want compliance or do we want commitment? Hi, and you just entered the Leadership Gym. I'm Randy Hall. I'm an executive coach and leadership consultant. And this is the place where we work on our ability to lead our team, lead our business, and yes, lead ourselves. If you are looking to improve your capabilities as a leader, you are in the right spot. Thanks for stopping by today because it should be a fun episode. We're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about fear inside organizations, how leaders cause it, why they cause it, what it does. We're going to break that apart a little bit and help you think about places where you might use fear as a tool, as a leader or manager. Interesting discussion. We'll dive into it. Hey, if you want better leaders in your organization, How will you get them there? Better leaders throughout an organization, from frontline managers to senior executives, that's the secret to a successful business that has an incredible future out of it. There's no way to succeed long term if managers or leaders are just fair, adequate, or average. There's simply too many mistakes, missed opportunities, disengaged people, in the business to make real long-term success possible. So if you want your leaders to improve, grow, develop, and excel, then check out the Leadership Gym at leadershipgym.com. Being part of a community focused on leadership will cause leaders to think about it more, to focus on it, to practice leadership in new and different ways. And that consistently helps them perform at a higher level. Take a look at leadershipgym.com as a support tool for the leaders in your business. Give them the resources that allow them to continue to grow and develop as a leader to have more impact on the people around them, to help their team get to the next level. We now even have micro courses available at leadershipgym.com. So just click on the courses tab when you get there. Okay, on to our podcast episode. I was talking with a leader just recently, and they were telling me about a previous place that they had worked. And this is a senior leader in a multi-billion dollar business that I have as a coaching client. We were having a conversation, and the leader mentioned that in a previous job, he had actually had a boss tell him that he didn't create enough fear. He didn't have enough fear in the room when he walked into it to be effective as a leader. We had a pretty good discussion around that and what fear does inside an organization and why some leaders depend on it in some cases. I thought I'd share some of that here with you as well. It was really interesting to me to sort of hear examples of that. And I see them all the time. We see leaders use fear as a tool 
a lot, doing it on purpose or allowing it to exist in organizations because they believe it has a useful purpose in that business for those people in terms of making things better, making people move faster or be more successful or change more effectively. They view fear as an actual tool for leadership. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that today because there are some things that fear can do for managers. We just want to make sure that if we're using fear inside an organization, two things are true. One, we understand what we're giving up as we use it. And two, we don't allow it to exist if we didn't want it to be there. Both of those things have to be true for us to be a leader at that level where we can take people to the top of their game and businesses into their best future. So the first thing that people think when they use fear inside an organization intentionally is that it speeds things up. There are often times when, if I'm a leader, I need to get people moving in a certain direction. And I think that if I can scare them a little bit or create some, some fear in that conversation, that they will move in that direction more readily. We see lots of examples of this. One example is if somebody's not performing well and we say, hey, if, if you don't perform at a higher level in a certain period of time, your job here won't exist it's one way that we create fear. Now, there's nothing untrue about that statement when we say it. If you don't get better, your job won't exist. It's certainly something we want to share with them so that they have clarity in that situation. But let's be real. We are instilling fear in a person to get them to move in a positive direction. It often doesn't work out that way. But that's one of the reasons we use fear as a tool. We also use it in big organizational changes when we add fear to the mix in order to get people to create a sense of urgency or move in another direction faster by saying, if we don't do this, we might have to lay some people off. Or if we don't do this, we can't grow at a rate that allows us to pay the way we want to. If we don't do this, if you don't change personally, then ultimately negative consequences could happen to you. If you don't get on board, then you need to leave the organization, which is a bit of an ultimatum that creates some intimidation and fear. And many of us have probably experienced managers who've done this, leaders who've done it at certain levels of an organization over time. So we think that fear adds speed. And here's the thing. It does add speed. It adds a sense of urgency that, that kind of triggers our self-preservation aspects when it happens to us. And so we move pretty quickly. This is very much related to the whole tiger concept that I use sometimes, where if we see a tiger in the weeds, as we were evolving as humans, we see a tiger in the weeds, we run immediately. Fear sets in. Our body is designed to help it survive. And so we are in self-preservation mode. And so we will move. I will do what you need, Mr. Manager, if you're going to fire me if I don't, at least temporarily. Okay, so we can get some speed from fear inside the organization. We just need to be real about that. It does happen. However, it doesn't change things long term. It only allows people to move forward faster immediately. But often, as a boss, 
That's what we want. I better do what my boss wants or I'll get fired or I'll get in trouble or I won't get the promotion, but there'll be negative consequences. And so I've added fear by putting that into the mix. So fear is a speed tool often. Fear is also a compliance tool. We work to use fear so that people will comply with us because we have authority, because we have power, because we can change their future if they don't. So we create some fear there if you don't comply with me. So, yes, we want to add speed. We also want to add compliance. I need you to do what I want. And therefore, I'm going to scare you a little bit so that you will by helping you understand the consequences that are present for you if you don't. So it's a compliance tool. We have to ask ourselves the question as leaders, do we want compliance or do we want commitment? Do we want people to show up at their best or do we want people to do what we say? Do we want to have all the right answers and have people just adhere to those and execute them the way we would like? Or do we want people to find their own right answers and solve problems as they discover them rather than putting them on our desk. We get to decide these things, but understand, yes, fear is a speed tool. Yes, fear is a compliance tool. And if we are only going for speed and compliance, fear can do those things for us. Fear's also some other things. Fear is a disengagement tool. There is no situation inside any organization that I know of where people are scared and do better work as their best selves, more engaged in the the organization that they're part of and the people that they work with. When we introduce fear into an environment, disengagement goes up, engagement goes down. We know that we can't be scared and at our best That's not something that we typically do. Now, if I'm competing with someone or if I'm in combat with someone, I want my opponent scared because I know they won't be at their best or their smartest when they're scared. But I will get the same thing inside an organization where maybe I'm not trying to view my team as opponents. If I view my people in the organization as adversaries, That's already a problem. And so if I'm using fear to motivate them, I have to know I am causing them to do less than their best work. I am causing them to focus on survival, not excellence. That's what fear does. I am forcing them to focus and spend their time and energy on what could go wrong for them if they don't, not what the best way to execute things is, not what could go right for them if they excel. We're not thinking about that when we introduce fear into the equation because fear takes us over. By design, evolutionarily, we do not want to think about our best route away from the tiger. We don't want to get creative about how we might build a structure that would keep us safe from the tiger. We don't want to do any of those things if we're scared. We just want to run because it is our fastest and most available means of escape. It may not be our best. It may not be our long-term solution. We can't run forever. Eventually, the tiger will catch us and eat us if it keeps running and we stop. 
We are not looking for a quality of solution when we are scared. We are looking for speed of solution. That's why it's a speed tool. I need something done in this instant, and I don't care if it makes you less engaged or less at your best, then fear's a great tool. There's just not a lot of times inside businesses when that's what we want. Do what I want right now in this instant so we can survive, and I don't care how you feel about it, whether it helps you want to work for this organization more, whether it causes you to be creative or innovative or show up at your best or engage in other ways or be a good teammate. I don't care about any of those things if I'm using fear. Now, maybe I do care about them, but I'm unintentionally causing other people to focus on the fear instead of them. So ultimately, my results will indicate that those weren't important to me. So fear is a disengagement tool. Fear is also a turnover tool. Fear will increase turnover in the organization. No one stays long term where fear is present because fear causes stress. Fear is a picture of the world out of my control. I am simply trying to escape it, run from it, survive it. By definition, I can't control it if I'm acting that way. I'm simply trying to live in spite of it. Nobody stays in an organization for long if they are enduring that kind of stress. It's simply too tough of an environment to be happy in, and ultimately, it'll just beat us up till we leave. Now, here's the thing. While fear is a turnover tool, guess who leaves first in a stressful environment? Our most successful people. They know and have a track record of going to land in organizations where they do great work, make great contributions. They probably have a good network. They can go interview well and succeed. They'll go find another place. People that are scared and also not secure in their ability to go be successful elsewhere will stay. Now, they'll quit being at their best, but they'll stay in the organization. Our productivity drops amazingly well when we use fear. Because what we end up with is groups of people that don't really want to be there, but don't have a better place to go. We immediately degraded the quality of our talent and the people in our business by ruling out the people that are excellent performers. They can go work elsewhere. So fear is a turnover tool and not the good kind of turnover where people that maybe aren't able to produce or perform or excel, decide to go work somewhere else where their strengths are a better fit. That actually is good turnover. It's just not what it causes. Fear is an insecurity tool. Now, I don't mean insecurity inside the organization, really. What I mean by this is that fear is a tool that is often driven by insecurity in the leader. Now, let's be real. All of us have some insecurities. Imposter syndrome is a real thing inside leadership, and I'll probably spend an episode on that or several at some point. It is natural to be in positions of authority inside an organization and be insecure about it. Do I have all the right answers? Am I the person that's best ready to lead this organization or this team? Have I done everything well enough to help these people get an amazing set of results. 
am I coaching and leading the right way so that people are better because I showed up, not just got through the day or maybe even worse because I showed up. I have all sorts of doubts that happen to me as a leader and that's normal and natural and expected and actually pretty predictable. And believe me, I get to work with some really high level leaders that still have to battle these kinds of things that show up for people when they are challenged and given the responsibility to influence and be responsible for or accountable for the results of other people. It's a normal thing. But if we cave to our insecurities, that is where we are more likely to use fear. I don't want people to question me because I'm already a little bit insecure about whether I have the right answer. I don't want people to put their ideas on the table because I want to feel comfortable that mine were the ones that were going to get implemented and that people viewed as the best. So I don't want competitive ideas in the mix because now people get to compare mine with others. What if I wasn't right? What if I didn't have the best idea? What if my strategy wasn't the one that we should execute? What if the decisions I made in a tough situation weren't necessarily the best ones? Well, if I allow people to put their ideas, their thoughts, their input on the table, then people can compare and think I'm not a good leader. So I better intimidate people in the room in ways that protect my ideas, my answers, my solutions. Fear can be an insecurity tool for us. Now, we don't always think about it that way. And sometimes we mean well and still use it as a defense mechanism. But as a leader, we've got to be aware of that. Fear is a lower productivity tool. That's why you want, as I mentioned before, your opponents scared because they will be less productive, less effective, less able to win if we were in some sort of battle. I want to strike fear into the heart of an opponent, but not my team, not my people, not my organization. Fear will lower productivity because I cannot be emotionally stressed and at my best at the same time. And if we had to pick which one we wanted our people to be without feeling like speed was so important to us and the only thing that was important to us, which one would we pick? Higher productivity or higher stress? By the way, that also makes fear a lower profitability tool because if I'm less productive, I'm obviously less profitable. If our people are sort of scared and disengaged, we cannot expect an organization to perform in a financial sense at a high level. It's not going to happen. We've actually caused it not to happen if we're putting fear into an organization. Now, some of this is natural because of authority. We have to understand that in a lot of rooms, if we are leading groups of people and we in some ways in their mind control their future and their paycheck and their promotion and all of those things, that there will be some intimidation, some fear, some, some risk in people's minds when they engage with us, when they interact with us, when they converse with us, when they're in a room with us or a meeting with us, that's going to be present. Like the hierarchy already creates it. What we have to do is realize it's there, make sure we don't increase it and do things to alleviate it where it's possible. We have a huge amount of what I've heard termed before psychological size to people because we have authority. 
We get to make decisions about whether or not their future takes a certain path and whether it's lucrative enough or as lucrative as they want it to be. We sort of have the ability to help them reach their goals or keep them from reaching their goals. That adds to our psychological size. And we have to understand that. What we have to do is free people up to do their best in spite of fears that might be present in the organization, not to add to those fears. So we need to ask good questions. We need to invite people into conversations. We need to go beyond just giving people permission to push back. We need to make sure they do. We need to connect with people in ways that cause them to see us as a human not someone that controls their destiny that is smarter or better or somehow different in some magical way than they are. We need to take fear out of the equation. And so I want you to look for places where you might be causing fear or intimidation in your environment and eliminate them. Yes, it can add speed. It's never worth the cost. Unless your business is about to go under and you really are truly and genuinely, not just in the sense of the word that people use a lot, truly and genuinely working on survival. If we do not get this contract this month, we can't live, guys. So let's get on board. If we don't execute this project well, we will not have a job to come back to. There are lots of places in the world where that's true for a business, but usually that's not the case. And if we're sort of creating environments where people are scared in our organization and we don't need to, it's really not a matter of survival. We're not leading in a way that helps things get better. We're leading in a way that helps things happen fast at the expense of the stress level, the engagement, the retention, and the other things that we talked about. Look for places where you're creating fear. Try to eliminate it. Invite people into conversations. Focus on collaboration. Make sure that people are getting their ideas into the mix and that you're listening well. Be humble where you need to and where you can because it lets people know you're real. And that takes some of the fear away. The tiger's only scary until it curls up next to you. I'm not suggesting we should all be cuddly cats, (laughs) but I am suggesting that the metaphor of connecting with people and that reducing the fear is still real. So look for opportunities to do that as well. Hey, if you like the conversations that we have here, if they're helpful to you in any way, I would love it if you would give us a five-star review and rating so that people can find us. We want to help more leaders. And we hope that we're able to do that on a regular basis. And we hope that you can help us do more of it. So for now, go look for the fear. Get it out of your organization where you can. Don't rely on it as a leader where you don't need it. Go make a difference.